So let's talk um, branding a little bit. Sure. What? How would you define what a brand is for a company? Because I think that's often debated out there in the in the media and the business world. Is exactly what do we mean by a brand? So what mm-hmm. in your guys' eyes, how would you define a brand? Well, uh, branding a brand. Uh, I know what you mean. We get it all the time. People think it's their identity system or their logo. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's more of it's n- none of that. It's part of it. But uh, really, it's all about uh, what a consumer feels about a company, like a gut feeling that they have for it, the the company or the organization or product, and uh, that's built over time through trust in that product or and and the experiences you have. So mm-hmm. they come to us uh, if they if somebody says, "Hey, we've we've had issues. We need we need to refresh our our look." Things aren't going well, but, you know, we can do that. We can make you look better, but sometimes there's bigger problems going on than a new logo is going to fix. So, Right. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I am your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm your other co-host, Zach Levy. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, LLC, offering um, small business coaching and leadership services in the Atlanta area, and welcome you to the podcast today. Glad you joined us. We have a very important topic today for small business owners. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about marketing and a lot about branding, and I have two um, guests with me today, David and Laura Wells, owners of the uh, DNL Creative Agency? Would you call yourselves an agency or a business or? Yeah, creative agency. DL Creative. It is a small firm. <laughs> yeah. So agency maybe uh, is too overwhelming of a word. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the two. Shop. Just, How about shop or right. little, little shop? Uh, so they offer um, design and creative services for small businesses. You work with um, marketing companies uh, to help. Um, augment or add on to a sort of a complete marketing program, if you will, for a company, correct? Yeah, we'll either work with marketing and PR people within a corporation, or we'll work with a advertising agency or a marketing agency to help them with their clients. Um, and then also just small business, small business owners. So um, 
maybe one of you could talk a little bit about how you got started in the business. Uh, you, you are a husband and wife team. We won't go into how you met in terms of a marriage, but how did how, how did uh, the, the conversation start about getting into this business and and, and the road um, down yeah. to getting it started? Yeah, sure. Uh, well. I uh, was a graphic design major in college at UGA, mm-hmm. and I saw your tech stuff. Sorry, but anyways, <laughs> um, we're coming for you. <laughs> and let's see, out of school, I worked um, in the marketing department of the YMCA's for all the YMCA's around Atlanta for many years, and then I went on to the agency world and worked there for about uh, six or seven years, and then was out on my own. Um, in 2013 and just started picking up clients and, uh, Laura, I needed some help with, because with marketing our own company. And so Laura kind of took on the role of, uh, networking and taking care of the financial end of the business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just kind of teamed up, uh, to make it happen. So, yeah, Yeah, we were kind of trying to decide where it would go and started figuring out even just the accounting and business platform, you know, invoicing and all of that. And I was really helping out kind of part-time, but then as it grew and we were able to kind of make it a full-time thing for both of us as it evolved, it's been great. Yeah. Laura was actually doing other things, some other part-time things. And I said, well, if you can go out and get one project, it could be X amount of dollars. And that, be a lot better than you going off for hours on end and working, making not as much. As right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go out yeah. and get some projects. And yeah. yeah. So the, the, the value of time started coming into the equation, particularly as you're yes. starting a family, raising a family and trying to do a business at the same time. Right. That really starts coming into play in terms of priorities. And uh, just like you said, David, if you could do this in the same amount of time, we can bring in more money than if you worked X plus five, six, ten hours in a week to bring in the same amount of money. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so what, what would you say was, uh, in starting the business, if you could pick one thing that was um, your biggest obstacle or your biggest challenge in getting the business built, what would you say? Was it sales? Was it? I think for me, it was figuring out just how to run a business, you know, just the side of, the financials and talking to experts and mm-hmm. CPAs and figuring out the right programs and all that. Cause it was totally foreign to me. My background's in psychology so and pharmaceutical research and all that. So just figuring all that out. Um, and then, I mean, I think for you, I don't, I don't know. It's probably more just the type of clients that <laughs> you were bringing. I'd say it, with. it was just probably managing project workload, uh, bringing in the right people to do the job with me um, because uh, hiring uh, craft designers and can be a little tougher than uh, like when I was in the agency world, we bring in contract workers and we had bigger budgets to work with. And now we're bringing in contract workers when we first started and trying to manage within the budgets. And so um, 
it was hit or miss, but I think we kind of learned as we went along. Uh, we started hiring and working with some really great people, and things just started taking off. Uh, you know, some very early on, there's some bumps in the road, but then now, you know, we've really got a great stable of photographers and illustrators, mm-hmm. designers. Um, Web developers, yeah. copywriters, so that's, social media people, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anything we think we need, we try to find the right people. Well, I think in, in business uh, or part of business that business owners sometimes um, look at them as afterthoughts is that whole supplier management mm-hmm. chain, right? About vendor selection and what's a good vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, to come in and be a, a quote partner with you in trying to be successful in the business, and it's, it's almost like dating, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you go on a, on a few dates with a company, right. have a few projects, and you go mm, not working out. Let's just go back to online and find a different one, right? Right. Date them for a while till you find the one that you want to right. stick with, right? Yeah. Right. And the good quality, I feel like. David especially is very good at just getting things done um, in a timely manner mm-hmm. and meeting deadlines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's super creative and does all this creative work, but also has that um, aspect to his personality. Whereas some of the other people we would hire <laughs> were sometimes a little more flighty creative. And so he wanted to find someone that could meet those deadlines like we wanted. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said for finding vendors that have a culture, a business culture like your own. Yes. Because you have a, <laughs> you have a tendency to mesh very well mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective. Yeah. So let's talk um, branding a little bit. Sure. What, how would you define what a brand is for a company? Because I think that's often debated out there in the, in the media and the business world is exactly what do we mean by a brand? So what, mm-hmm. in your guys' eyes, how would you define a brand? Well, uh, branding, a brand, uh, I know what you mean. We get it all the time. People think it's their identity system or their logo. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's more of, it's n- none of that. It's part of it. But uh, really, it's all about uh, what a consumer feels about a company like a gut feeling that they have for the the company or the organization or product and uh that's built over time through trust in that product or and and the experiences you have so mm-hmm. they come to us uh if they if somebody says hey there we've we've had issues we need we need to refresh our our look things aren't going well but you know we can do that we can make you look better but Sometimes there's bigger problems going on than a new logo is going to fix. So right. So uh, from a reputation perspective and experience perspective that a client or customer has with your client customer, mm-hmm. um, may overshadow anything that you do. You know, I, I want to think back. You know, as the audience knows, I came from the aviation world, so we used to have this airline that competed in Atlanta called ValueJet. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. It was flying. Um, well, what is now the 717, uh, the previous McDonnell Douglas, I think it was MD95 or 98, that was his previous name, and they put an airplane in the ground outside Miami. 
Because they had oxygen generators in the cargo hold that caused a fire in the airplane. And the plane went down and caused such an issue for the company. What they do, they went and bought an even smaller airline and took their name and eliminated the old name mm-hmm. in, order to, <laughs> in order to create that new brand. Right. Right. And sometimes you have to go to those drastic measures if you um, have issues of reputation or quality of service or something, and you sort of need to start from scratch, uh, which is what ValueJet did. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's safe to say, and I'm in agreement too, the brand is very an emotional thing, and it's it's an experience mm-hmm. with a company. And I'm a big believer um, in the word program. And if you can think of branding as more of a program for your company in that it's going to be um, – you're going to have components of you know, your customer service agents who are the direct direct line people dealing with your customers for that experience level. It is the logo. It is the look. It's what the media is saying about you. It's a number of things, right? So when you look at branding, you have to look at that full encompassing – umbrella of mm-hmm. services and experiences the customer's going to have with you. It goes into website design. How easy right. is your website mm-hmm. to use? How easy is it to order with you? Or Right. And uh, sign up for the service, whatever your business happens to be. Mm-hmm. And um, that quality of service and product that you're providing. You know, if it's not a good quality, it doesn't matter what the packaging looks like. <laughs> it can look great, but the person's not going to buy it again if it's not a good quality. So how much of that type of conversation do you get in with customers? I know you guys are mostly on the design side. You are getting into logo design and some other things, but does any of what we just had in the last two or three minutes get into the conversation with the customer at the very beginning? Well, a lot of what we talk to them about is the how we can help them stand out and differentiate them like a lot of times it could be a saturated marketplace for whatever it is, whether mm-hmm. it's a product or a, a service. And so we do a lot of research looking at kind of like the landscape of brands around them that they compete against. And um, we will come to them with um, with a design system, logo options, things that we think will help set them apart to kind of to, to make them stand out in, in like a, a really cluttered landscape and uh, help them stand out. So um, that's that's mainly mm-hmm. what we talked about. I mean, if they're having an issue with their business, we, I don't know if we've really had that happen too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes if they seem like they don't even have a lot of the brand strategy going on, mm-hmm. like their mission statement and all those things that really come in the very beginning or if they're trying to why the why of the business if they don't have a why then sometimes we have people that are really expert in that brand strategy Mm -hmm. and and writing that out for them and helping them hammer that out um and so that really helps us if they have a lot of that um and we can we have people that we can connect them with or partner with if they need that but if they come to us with that that's even better because that really helps us to then show that brand strategy through the visual identity system mm-hmm. that we're creating. So I'm a, um, I'm a big believer uh, in one of the aspects that it takes for a leader to go from good to great is the ability to have a skill in storytelling, right? So if you're an, a very effective leader, going back to the word why, 
if you're trying to get your team on board with a particular project or particular topic or business strategy within your business, you've got to explain the why of what we're, why are we doing this? Because if you can get them bought into the why, they're going to be more engaging, more contributors to the cause, um, so to speak. So storytelling is an important aspect of describing that why. Why are we doing it? Here's the story. Mm-hmm. So in, in, when it comes to branding, how, bi- how big is storytelling in what you do through logo design and um, marketing materials and those type of things? Do you get into conversations with clients about s- the storytelling? This mm-hmm. is the story we're going to tell. Yeah, I feel like you do as far as the meaning behind. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. all of the, any logo we design and all tells the story. I mean, not necessarily directly. But um, we want it to come across, be an appropriate look for their industry. We want to make sure that it's uh, it speaks to what they do. Uh, sometimes you'll get clients that want something to be very, very literal, which is not usually what we advise. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's usually a story behind any of the marks that we create. And... Um, and there's, it's an intentional for the design system to do what it does, um, whether the colors that are chosen, the fonts, uh, typefaces that mm-hmm. are used within the systems. Um, but, and like Laura was saying, we do work with brand strategy companies that work more with them with voice and tone, mm-hmm. things like that, of how, how the copywriters speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. So a lot of the, like David was saying, a lot of people want their logo to just explain everything that they do. And mm-hmm. we have to say, you have your logo, and then you have your other marketing materials and your website, which we help them with all of that as well, and the content writing and all of that, that does then tell that overarching story. <laughs> so it can't all just be shown in a logo or any one piece. Like it's just, it's throughout the entire um, visual identity i guess all the different pieces that are out there yeah the logo is just part of the system yeah right and you have to really let everything else work together uh to to really tell your story Mm -hmm. and then um get it out there (laughs) make sure you mark it well and Mm -hmm. even uh, the type of photography like we'll recommend a style of photography or I know you're <laughs> interested in photography, mm-hmm. you know, when you're putting together sometimes a brand guide and show examples of other supporting graphics and types of photography and all of that so that it all comes together to tell their story. Well, I, I'd have to imagine the analogy I would use is um, you've got a, a series of tools to use in that branding, you know, a logo being one. Mm-hmm. And the logo is sort of the, if you take it as a baseball team, the logo is the star home run hitter. Right, because it gets used the most often mm-hmm. in everything that you do. It's the the one sort of big uh, representative, if you will, of of the company. But the reality is, you need a whole baseball team to score all the mm-hmm. runs to to win the game, per se. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, most people are going to get up and cheer for the big home run hitter to come on and whatever mm-hmm. um, from that perspective. But the reality is, you need the pitcher and the catcher and everybody else mm-hmm. on the team to. Get the outs and score the runs. Yeah. And so that's why you have to look at it as a program mm-hmm. um, exactly. from that perspective. Um, 
Any difference uh, in your strategy or approach for the company based off the size of the company? Does that ever come into play? You know, whether they're small, medium, large? Because I know you you do the gamut mm-hmm. in your customers. You, you, and that's one of the reasons why I want to ask this question, because I know you do large corporations down to very small businesses. So mm-hmm. uh, other than their marketing budget, <laughs> yeah. we all yeah. know it's going to be very different. <laughs> but yeah. from your, your approach from a... <laughs> A design or a branding perspective with those customers, is there mm-hmm. any any differentiation in your, how you approach the project? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, with the larger companies that we, with our larger clients, uh, we typically are working within uh, brand style guides that are already established. And uh, it would be nice to get to be able to brand them, but they mm-hmm. usually go to much larger the agencies, agencies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's one way that we interact, but um, and and working with those companies and really knowing uh, those brand guides backward and forwards, and uh, they, I mean, it's everything from how, whether you use sentence case for a title. You know, there's all kinds of things that mm-hmm. that you have to pay attention to. Um, it's not just about the colors and the typefaces and the photos, um, but then when it gets to the medium and smaller companies, we do uh, the branding for them and with the visual systems, I should say. And then uh, with them, we approach it. Um, whether we sometimes we do the logo, sometimes we don't. And then, but we just start creating a system that. Uh, they like <laughs> number yeah. one it has to look good, mm-hmm. but it also has to be appropriate for their industry. It has to be right. something that, you know, we listen to them. We, we sit down, we, they tell us what they want, what they like. Um, they tell us who their competitors are. We try to find a way to not only make them look good, but also make them stand out from the competition. And mm-hmm. then after we do rounds and rounds of designs, um, we get the established visual system and then we write rules around it. And, mm-hmm. usually, and there's also, oh, I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Well, as I say, there, I feel like there's a lot of education that has to happen with the smaller businesses as well. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they come in and they're like, hey, can you just, let's do a logo real quick or something, you know, and they just think it's, they don't understand the process and that it is, it does take time and it does take rounds of back and forth and, depending on how many people are involved and how many opinions are coming into mm-hmm. it. Um, it. So we educate a lot on the importance of it and the, the process because our process does take some time to make sure that we get something exactly how they want it. Um, the bigger companies, I think David especially, is just very expert in following their established brand guides. Mm-hmm and guidelines and they have all kinds of people that are involved in making sure (laughs) that it's just right. And that's why um, we work with a lot of those people because they know that it's going to be right. So let's talk about one of my favorite subjects because I am one Mm -hmm. and that is a solo entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a big proponent talk with my clients um, a lot a bit about personal branding Mm-hmm. And how that relates into their business. Um, so when it comes to a solo, you know, a one-person business, uh, and everything is wrapped up in the person, mm-hmm. right? Because there's no other team members involved. How does that conversation go? 
terms of a branding aspect. I mean, we, we talked about having to overcome reputations and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where where I get into with a person from a personal branding perspective. But where where is that line or that connection, if you will, between a personal brand and a and mm-hmm. a company brand? Yeah. Well, the I mean we we also deal with that same thing, you know, that we have our own personal brand versus a company. And uh, I'd say, especially when we first started, uh, almost 90% of our clients were people that I had a relationship with, mm-hmm. uh, known for years. And then they worked with me either in the agency world or uh, even before then. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but then with people, and their personal brand. I mean, when you, for us, it's it's more talking to them about making sure that everything's consistent across the board, whether it's your LinkedIn profile, um, whatever, um, and how you carry yourself and your business is the same way, so that people will um, always see value in, in everything you bring. Um, I know. <laughs> This is kind of a personal thing. Like I think about since I've been out on my own, Mm -hmm. you you don't, we don't express say political views on social media because I don't want it to hurt our brand as a company because somebody might disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I'm exact same way Um, on Twitter and everything else. I don't do anything from a politics perspective. Right. I just stay away from anything that I think might, you know, not just offend somebody but it would turn them off to our company and say i don't mm-hmm. know if i want to use them so mm-hmm. yeah but but it is important for the solo entrepreneur person i mean it's definitely a big part of it and it's mm-hmm. all wrapped up together so when we're designing for someone like that obviously we want to make sure we're capturing that their personal brand and that they're consistent in what they're saying and how they're talking and how they're actually looking through their their visual brand as well. Um, but we had, it's interesting. We, we were talking about a client recently that, um, they're growing and I think his personal brand was his business mm-hmm. for years and everything has come from his relationships and everyone knew him. And now he's, and he didn't really believe in having a visual identity and marketing and having a good logo or a good looking website or any of that. He just said, Oh, it's all me. Wow. And <laughs> so, okay. which is fine. And he's yeah. grown a business somewhat that way, but now he's wanting to grow even further outside of his sphere of people that he networks with and has relationships with. And so he's finally come around to hiring. He hired a marketing person and that's doing some planning for him. And they brought us in and they hired a website person and a content writer. So he's hiring all these people. Mm-hmm. But it's funny when we first met with him, he's like, I don't believe any of this makes a difference. Like, I think it's all about me. And he's like, but they're telling me it does. Uh. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he is realizing that it's, he said, but I do realize to grow to the size, to grow bigger and not just be just me, mm-hmm. solo entrepreneur. And he does have employees now and all that. He's, he's learning and understanding that then you evolve beyond that. And that the brand becomes the company and not just that individual. So it was kind of an and that was a very recent client that we've just been working with. Yeah, because <laughs> I've often sat and wondered looking at uh, the growth of a celebrity like Oprah, mm-hmm. right? Where 
it was her show, it was her name, it was her brand mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning. But as she's grown bigger and bigger in enterprises and gotten into more businesses, launched her own TV channel and mm-hmm. so forth, it's still still her brand. I mean, everything is based off of her name, but the hundreds of people that she has surrounded herself with in order to keep that mm-hmm. brand going, you'd have to imagine you'd have to almost start putting what your brand is in writing for people. You know, you guys have style guides and everything in your business, but it almost has to be like a, a brand guide of what Oprah mm-hmm. stands for and what she wants her company and her messaging and everything to be about that you almost have to put that yeah in written words because as you expand and bring in more people that may not even have contact with her mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. keep that brand and experience you know level with the public and everything going that right. you almost have to now start yeah. putting it in words and mm-hmm. now it's that's a big thing to do yeah um let's talk about your competition who's your competition what kind of what kind of companies? And I asked this because I went a different route for my own logo, so I'm kind of curious if I used a competitor or, or yeah, right. in, the eyes, <laughs> in your guys' eyes a competitor. Because when I had my logo created, I didn't even know you guys at that right. point, so that <laughs> yeah. wasn't an option for me. But. Right. I'd say probably our biggest competitor right now is the in-house design department. Mm. Because <laughs> there we go. When we, yeah, we uh, we've lost a few clients to that, um, but. That's fine. We we kind of act like they're in-house design department for a lot of these bigger companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they have a lot of work to go around, some of them more than others. But So that's one. Um, and then really, um, I, I don't know if we have isolated anybody that I'd say, boy, they, they're just a competitor. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of people we work with. I mean, there's other like agencies that we work with that they -hmm. bring us on and there's designers that we work with and agencies that we work with that we bring Mm -hmm. on when when we collaborate on projects together so i don't um right now at least we don't seem to have too many that i think we're kind of an interesting um mix because our value is in you know there's a lot of just solo graphic designers out there Mm -hmm. and then there's agencies that have multiple employees and we're kind of this middle area where we're able to provide the quality of that agency. We Mm -hmm. feel um, just with David's, you know, just with past experience and then the time we've spent bringing in good people to partner with when we need to. So we can provide more than just the solo graphic designer because sometimes it is appropriate for a small new business to just go to that solo graphic designer mm-hmm. and have them create a logo and, you know, something to get started with. And then we feel like we can kind of take it to the next level, but we're not going to be as expensive as the big agency or the even a smaller medium-sized agency. So I think that's kind of where we add value. We're kind of a good middle level there. For. Yeah, and if there's if someone comes to us with a project that we just aren't a good fit for them because of maybe they're just getting started and they just don't have the money, but we know that we can help them and help some of the designers that work with us, mm-hmm. we might just send them straight to them and let them work uh, with that designer, and they it'll help get them meet their budget 
Yeah, so and it's like yeah. a win-win for them. So, my I went the route, um, which is probably okay for somebody who's just starting a business, and you know, cost control is a is a major issue because it mm-hmm. is a startup. That I use one of these companies that's online that does yeah, these competitions. Just, mm-hmm, yeah, um, and I, I really like my logo. Yeah, I mean, designer that I picked did a really nice job on it. However. I felt like I was the one that was having to build that brand strategy and the, the messaging that I wanted to come across in the logo and everything. I almost had to put that hat on and mm-hmm. supply all this information. And then that person takes it and comes up with a logo. There's no ability to sort of have a dialogue or an, a, a good exchange via voice with a designer. It's all done through the website. And yeah, um, I know that's what helps to bring the cost down is because you don't, have that time element involved in the conversation with a designer. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so you're, you're in a little ways getting what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, if I ever get to a point where my business grows enough and I'm ready for a logo change or a different type of branding messaging or something, I would come to a company like yours and yeah. have those conversations and dialogues before we go down that route. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it's a very important element mm-hmm. uh, for a business. Yeah, yeah. The, those the the crowdsourcing, the Fiverr, and all that. We, I know, some people get upset in our design community with those kind of sites. But at the end of the day, they're really not. We don't want to be competing against them because somebody's going to pay that much for a logo. This really is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, and sometimes just, they get it. Like I think your logo looks good. So yeah. I think you know. I think it's good, especially if you're for a creative business owner like yourself and you have an idea of what you want. Some people aren't, they come to us because they really have no idea what they want. And right. They, they really have a hard time expressing that or even deciding, you know, and we have to really help them more. So I think it's good. I mean, the most important element of my logo was I wanted to uh, pay homage to my 20 plus year career in the aviation industry. Yeah. And that's why sort of an airplane kind of element is built in the logo, although it fits naturally with what I'm trying to do, help businesses do and everything in terms of the airplane going up in the sky and yeah. growing. Taking off. Achieving, taking off, <laughs> uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, is there is there a life cycle in your business? Is there a certain point, um, you know, just like a product has a life cycle within a company, eventually – the problem you're trying to solve out in the marketplace with a product may go away and therefore you need to sunset a product and put it out of its misery, so to speak, and start with a new product. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a life cycle on branding and, mm-hmm. and marketing yeah. you guys' eyes where well, co- companies should be at the end of a life cycle with a logo or brand and they should start to look to do something different? Yes. Uh, well, and especially when I was an agency and – at a larger agency, we would do uh, rebrands for larger companies, and they do kind of hit um, where, where they, it gets stale. They need to – you don't want to just rebrand just to rebrand. Mm-hmm. I mean, because sometimes – a lot of times you don't need to, um, and you just think that it's old and stale because you're the one looking at it all the time. But um, you're going to lose a lot of equity if you do, some, and people will – uh, start to not recognize you as much. It's going to, you know, so, but there are those times where 
like we did, I don't know if you remember Cibavision. Oh, yes. Okay. We had a major plant near in the town next door to where I grew up in New Jersey. So I'm very, very familiar with Siva. Yeah. Well, we worked with them on a rebrand and then they were bought by Alcon, another eye eye care company. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were just getting, not getting um, a good response for their, from their current brand that they had had for a while. It looked dated and they hired us to refresh it. And so we, refresh their brand and then i want to say maybe eight or nine years later it they did it again so it's like there's some companies out there that just want to constantly keep um evolving and and refreshing their look um and so others like a coca-cola that's not going to touch it you know and or chick-fil-a or something like that mm-hmm. they, they're just going to keep going with what they got and they'll just change their advertising a little bit so yeah i mean they're always refreshing things about their brand but they're keeping that recognizable mark the same um but also when a company rebrands it gives them opportunity to put themselves out there to everybody again and say you know and have a whole new marketing campaign and and say hey look you know we have this whole new brand and they can show it off and and get a lot of um, attention that way in their marketing and their advertising. So, well, I would yeah. think companies that are uh, going on a new strategic direction, or they mm-hmm. uh, just acquired another major company that they're bringing in and they're expanding into a new industry, that might be an opportunity to do a rebrand. Yes, uh, sure, to definitely. sort of send a message to the marketplace, right? From or that perspective, bringing in a new product. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes they do a new brand and then it doesn't work Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like with the yeah we were fortunate enough to work with arby's for quite a while um they were one of our biggest clients when we went out on our own and uh, they had just gone through a rebrand and it was short-lived they had to people probably don't even remember it it happened so quickly that they uh, they rolled out their new branding and then within i don't know could have been six months they rebranded again because it was that bad it was not well received yeah. right <laughs> yeah. and their but their their new ad campaign and branding and everything was fantastic yeah um and so luckily we got to work within that brand for many years um yeah <laughs> just glad i didn't have to work within the old brand but, right <laughs> but, or the the interim brand i should call it yeah so, so if if um a business owner was out there looking to either start a new brand or rebrand, and they were looking for a partner, much like yourselves, to do that with. What What are some important questions that business owners should be asking somebody that they approach? You know, going back to the beginning of the conversation, that that dating yeah. <laughs> right. piece, which is, <laughs> exactly. Either yeah. a dinner over a glass of wine. What questions right. should you be asking uh, right. uh, a business or, or a company that you're looking to maybe bring in to help them brand or rebrand? Yeah. Well, I think it's a visual, especially when you're talking about redoing your visual identity systems and things like that. You you, you want to make sure that you you're on the same page uh, with like your style, what you like. Um, and most companies have their portfolio out there, so you can see their past work. Um, there's a lot of companies out there agencies, firms, whatever, that they do some great design work, but it's also 
some of it's way out there. I mean, it's very, it's pretty cool stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we sometimes get the client that doesn't want to be way out there, you know, right. they, they want to, and they, I think that's one thing, uh, we, we probably don't get a lot of that. I, I guess our design style is a little bit more conservative and corporate, um, it, we, we aren't designing skateboards or anything like that, you know? So it's like, uh, if you had a skateboard company, you would probably want to go find that, that agency that, um, they kind of specialize in those things, Mm -hmm. that type of design work. So looking at the other types of companies, the agency has worked with and, you know, if they've never worked with the type of company that you are, then you might want to think about it, but, you, they, wanna, but yeah. you don't but know. But you never know, yeah. You might find we've that that's worked the with all kinds of different people, too. So, yeah. yeah. You might find that's the company that's going to help you stand out because everybody else uh, has a very, has one certain look. Mm-hmm. I know it makes me think of uh, when Roswell <laughs> rebranded mm-hmm. a few years back and they went to an agency, I think they were out of New York, and they just... It's what they did. They rebrand cities is what they did. Mm. And they didn't do a very good job. I think they were just so used to rebranding cities. So they had to scrap it. It just it was it just didn't work. Um and then I think they just went out and got a small more of a local um, Yeah, small agency to to work on it. And they did it it was it was good. It was fine. It, it um so it did the job, mm-hmm. and they're still using it today. The, their new logo. So, yeah. Um, what do you think for, for a, a business of your sort? Is it important to sometimes take on a project that's maybe a, a little bit outside your sandbox to keep the creative juices flowing and mm-hmm. see it as a challenge and well, keep that spark going, that passion, if you will, right. for your business <laughs> instead of. You know, doing a cookie cutter over rebranding yeah, another no. another town, right? I, yeah, I couldn't. I don't know if I could do that. I. <laughs> what, the great thing about our business is we have a lot of different clients. Uh, we have the small business. We have some of the larger corporate. You know, we we do work in the hospitality industry, which is taking a hit right now. But um, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to bounce back. Uh, we do work with, um, you know banks and mm-hmm. things like we do work for the world congress center uh we just did a large mur- mural that's right outside of the of the, the congress center mm-hmm. um so if you're ever down there look it's over by the college football hall of fame um but yeah so it just seems like every day we get a different kind of project i mm-hmm. mean we have a lot of the same things we do for for our clients uh but there are different projects that roll in it just and it's just fun when there's a more creative like the, the creative ones that come about definitely are always more fun and you enjoy doing it and yeah can kind of get into it a little bit more versus just the day-to-day yeah. things get, that i try to get through the busy work to get to the fun stuff yeah no we all do <laughs> yeah. we all do you yeah. know i was the same way in my own business you know that the finances and other stuff's like I'm just going to churn through to get through this because I always enjoyed spending time with my people and helping them to grow and right. have mm-hmm. those one-on-one conversations and that's what I look forward to and so I was 
get rid of this mundane stuff so I can get to my team. Right. Yeah. Work with my team on exciting projects or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always absolutely great when a fun creative project comes. I'm a creative person myself, so I like Mm -hmm. the creativity things. Yeah. Yeah. From that standpoint. Mm -hmm. So we're coming to the um, end of our time, and I greatly appreciate, particularly during the holiday season, two of you coming in today and having this conversation with me. So, yeah, thank you. as I forewarned you, um, we always end up our episodes with uh, when guests come into it with the same question. Uh, and as I said said to both of you, there is no right or wrong answer. It's just what's in your heart. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'll start with David. <laughs> uh, so, David, what do the words generate your value mean to you? So you wanted to get the wrong answer first. So <laughs> I know there's no, no wrong answer. No, like I said, there's no right or wrong I answer. Know, I know, I'm kidding. Generate your... Um, that means to me to uh, work as hard as you can to get the best out of yourself. Yeah. So that's the simple answer to that. Yeah, it's, it's wrong, isn't it? That's wrong. <laughs> no, you said there's no right or wrong. I mean, the, one of the reasons why I, I picked this as a thing to do at the end of every episode because there's no right or wrong answer is to collect, collect all these answers, yeah. right? Uh-huh. To, to where people are. I mean, um, you know, one of the things I do with my social media is I put um, quotes centered around leadership out on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, out there. And when you talk about leadership, you, there's probably a collection of thousands of quotes out there about what leadership means to everybody. So mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong answer. And it's part of the reason why I picked it as a company name and so mm-hmm. forth. Because um, every individual is unique. When I sit down one-on-one with a business owner or leader, we we have this conversation. What do those words mean to you? And mm-hmm. how do we build your life around those the meanings of those words? Yeah. So over to you, Laura. Okay. <laughs> I thought of it as um, it would be important to really identify what your value is and what you can offer, mm-hmm. and then working towards generating that as in being able to put it out there and and do your best at whatever your value is and what you can add to other people in your personal life and in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's application all over your life. That's why personal mm-hmm. branding is a big issue for me and... Um, you know, generating your value in all aspects mm-hmm. of your, and roles of your life, right? Whether yeah. it's parent, uh, wife or husband, um, a business leader, business owner, whatever it may be, volunteer mm-hmm. in, a, in a charity or whatever, where, where are you generating positive value in the world? And you have many, 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 many opportunities in life to do that for yourself. Yeah. From that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to wrap up our episode. Uh, greatly appreciate uh, you tuning in. Uh, today, if you felt like this episode brought some value to your life, then uh, I invite you to subscribe to our to our podcast and whatever channel that you're listening to. Uh, this is being recorded before uh, Christmas comes along. Uh, it won't get published till January, so I'll say I hope you had a great <laughs> holiday season that was safe and joyful uh, in your life. Uh, hopefully, 2021 is going to bring us. Um, uh, some better things in the world than what we've experienced in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that for everybody that's listening today and have a great day and a great rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online at Primerica.com slash Brian with a Y, Z Levy, the Facebook and LinkedIn platforms. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on the LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram platforms. Simply search for Generate Your Value. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.